Welcome to this episode of the Positive Birthstory podcast with me, Swedish midwife Oasa Holstein. I've packed my bags and left my comfort zone in Stockholm to travel to the US for a road trip to gather birth wisdom from the Mama Collective that I am so proud to be a part of. And I have met some amazing women that have trusted me with their stories. This is the podcast with women for women. There was something deep inside of me that was like, I'm giving birth with all the mothers before me and there's other people on this earth right now giving birth with me and we're roaring our babies out. And I was fully in my body. I felt every sensation. I've never felt that way any other time. In this episode, I have a heart-to-heart conversation with Mariah about dancing out her baby to Snoop Dogg in her own kitchen. An experience that she describes as the most incredible experience of her life, igniting her passion for birth and giving her the spark to become a full-time doula and birth worker. So Mariah, welcome to the Positive Birth Story podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. Really great seeing you. And we are still in Erie, Pennsylvania. (laughs) We are. It's very cold here. It is freezing cold, (laughs) but very beautiful. It is. It is. Right on the lake. It's beautiful. And you are the mother of two children. I I am. And you also work as a doula. I'm a doula. I work at an obstetrics office. And yeah, I love birth and parenting. (laughs) So for the second birth, you took a different approach. I did. I did. Um, So about halfway through my pregnancy, um, I decided that the hospital setting I was in just really wasn't doing it for me. I had an amazing midwife who I loved. I'm a hospital midwife. And, you know, she supported me in my decision to find a home birth midwife and do my birth at home. And it, it ended up being the most incredible experience of my life. So what made you decide to have a home birth this time? So there were multiple factors, but one of the main things was postpartum. Um, So after I had my first baby, I, you know, had the typical hospital obstetric experience where I left the hospital and I didn't see a provider again until my six-week visit. And at my six-week visit, I felt fairly okay. Um, But after that point is when I started to get some symptoms of like postpartum anxiety Mm. and it did go away for me on its own, but it was extreme enough for me to really rethink how I did it the next time. So when I chose home birth, one of the main reasons that I chose it was my hospital midwife was willing to give me a six week visit after I had my baby. My home birth midwife was willing to come to my house 24 hours after I I gave birth, then 72. Mm. Then she came at a week postpartum, and she came at three weeks postpartum, and she did her six-week visit. And they were all in my home. It was a lot different, and that was really important to me. And it ended up really helping me in the long run with my experiences with PMADs after um, giving birth to Max, I really felt a lot more supported than I did in my hospital experience. So what kind of preparation did you do for that birth? I really went inward. I did a lot of soul searching. I 
I really wanted to make sure that this felt right to me because I knew the risks. I knew, you know, shoulder distortion, all of these things that could happen and put me and my baby at risk. We live a fairly considerable amount um, away from the hospital. And, and how far is that? Um, about an hour <laughs> to any of our local hospitals. And pretty far. Yeah, yeah so I, I was concerned, and um, but we weighed the risks and we felt it was right. And I really felt personally that it was right. I, I don't think home birth is for everyone, but um, my decision was exactly where I needed to be. So I'm really grateful that my husband was really, really on board and supportive after, you know, asking me a million questions and trying to determine why I would ever choose to do this. <laughs> was that the case from the start or did he just accept your um, wish along the way? Or He's he's pretty accepting of what I want to do. He's very, very supportive. Um, but he was definitely taken aback <laughs> when I said, um, I don't think I really want to have this baby in the hospital. I kind of want to have this baby in a pool in my kitchen. <laughs> oh, so you had already visualized where you wanted to give birth? Yeah, and yeah. Why, why the kitchen? Um, it's a pretty big area in our house. It's it's pretty well lit, and I knew that I could blow up a pool. Okay, <laughs> in the kitchen. So, so more out of practical reasons than out of sentimental reasons. Yeah, but now, of course, it's like the most sentimental place in my house. <laughs> It's good, though, because it's a place where we usually spend a lot of time. Exactly. <laughs> so w what kind of reactions did you get from your surrounding? Oh, my goodness. We had mixed reactions, um, and we were really expecting some backlash from it. Um, and originally, when we told our families and things, they were very surprised, and but mainly supportive. Um, once we had time to explain, to introduce them to our midwife, to kind of I don't know, desensitize them to the whole process. They were really accepting and they ended up being okay with it, which <laughs> I didn't really care what they thought anyway, but... <laughs> no, you had your mindset on giving birth at home. Yeah, 100%. So how would you describe yourself as a person? I am fairly spontaneous. Um, I'm not afraid of taking risks. But in the same sense, I... I'm very family focused and I felt like with my first birth, I just, I didn't do it how I wanted to and I didn't feel like it gave the experience to my first that I could have given her. So I'm really happy that we went with it because I feel like Maddox's birth was insanely amazing and exactly perfect. So what kind of arrangements did you do for your older child? Was she supposed to be with you during birth or? My grandparents were really close with my grandparents and we pretty much planned on calling them. But how it ended up, um, I went into labor. Well, I thought I was in labor that day and she went and hung out with my grandma for most of the day and Jordan came home around lunchtime and then we went to pick her up around dinner time. And <laughs> I remember this very distinct moment where we're all sitting at the dinner table. I'm very pregnant. And my grandma is telling me some some story, some insignificant story. And I looked at her and I said, you have to stop talking. You have to. And I would never talk to my grandma that way any other time. And I looked at Jordan and I said, I think I'm actually in labor now. I think we need to go home. <laughs> So, um, we so what kind of sensations did you have? Um, I just, I was so irritated <gasps> with everyone talking. And so 
I was trying to focus on these little twinges I was having and not really connecting the dots that, oh, okay, <laughs> maybe I need to get home. Um, so we ended up taking my daughter back to our house and I felt like I was contracting a bit, but not not a ton. I, I didn't feel like I was in hard labor or anything. And we put her to bed and then immediately my labor started. Mm-hmm. And she actually ended up being upstairs the entire time that I labored and gave birth. <laughs> so she came down the stairs the next morning to a new baby brother. <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah. Were you able to relax or did you think about her waking up, coming down in the middle of everything? thought about it but we had we had two midwives and we had a doula and my husband was there and my grandma was very much on standby at her house so we had a pretty good system if she woke up like there was going to be somebody there to take care of her and help her out but I wasn't really worried about it I was pretty focused (laughs) how did you cope with contractions during that night and where in the house were you (laughs) so I was in my kitchen and the kind of funny way that I handled contractions were um, my doula brought a boombox and we danced and every time I would have a contraction um, we would sing I think it's Snoop Dogg or something and we would say get low get low and I would drop down in a squatting position and I would have my contraction and then we'd dance back up into a standing position and It was really just a lot of dancing and a lot of joy. We were just so joyful. We were laughing at the fact that these ridiculous songs were playing in the background as I'm laboring to meet this new little human being. <laughs> so did you feel happy and empowered about being at home? Oh like my goodness. Visualized? So empowered. I, I felt great. I knew exactly where I was going to go to the bathroom. I knew exactly where I could get you know, my favorite snack. I, I knew, I, I remember there was one point where I was like really uncomfortable in the clothes that I was wearing. And I was like, get in this drawer right here. This is exactly what I want to wear right now. <laughs> and it was just so nice having the convenience of everything that I already know and love right there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, because we give birth to those senses and the smell and everything, you know, it's, yeah. it's your familiar space. Right. So what right. kind of clothing did you change into? I ended up changing into a sports bra, but then after after I had him, um, that's when I got even more bossy about the clothes and my specific postpartum clothes and things. But um, yeah, I ended up wearing a sports bra in the pool, um, but before that I was wearing just a long, like, flowy dress. And so did you work, like, you danced? Did you work with pictures or did you use, like, scents, like essential oils or yeah, yeah. any other, like, props? <laughs> yeah, so I had a birth ball um, that I was using uh, fairly often during the early labor and especially when we got home. Did you sit I, on it to bounce? Or? Yeah, and I, I hung over it a little bit and let my belly hang mm-hmm. to to relieve some back pressure. Um, But for the most part, I just used my own body. I just danced and then water was really helpful in the end when I was getting ready to push. So what was the role of your husband? Um, He was very active and there the entire time, but he was also doing things like directing the doula of like where the hose is to fill up the pool and things like that. But um, there was a really big contrast to my first birth and my second birth with how he kind of reacted. Um, With my first birth, he was very 
nervous and scared. And this birth, he was just in his element. He's already at home. He already was comfortable. So he was so much more relaxed and it helped me to relax a lot more. Um, at the end, he held me for most of the time that I was in the pool. Um, he held up like underneath my armpits and sat behind me. And then when I gave birth, my head was in his lap and I was kind of on all fours almost. Um, so he was a pretty big support there too. Mm. And then he ended up catching Max as he was born. Oh, he did? <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> so was I that guess, something you had planned? No, not at all. <laughs> so it, it's probably one of the most special moments of the whole thing is we, this moment that was so connected and so just, the midwife just reached down to check to see if there was a cord. And other than that, they were super hands off. And it was exactly what we wanted and what was great in the moment. So then you were allowed to push on your own indication, like yeah. on your own. Actually, I, I wasn't checked my entire labor um, for dilation. And my midwife heard me. They, <laughs> My midwives were in the living room and they were um, doing crossword puzzles together <laughs> on the couch. And uh, my, my main midwife, who I had built this relationship over the last 20 weeks with, Um, she came in and she said, um, I don't know, but your voice just sounded a little different during that moan. So we're just going to see if maybe you want to push now. <laughs> and so I I tried it and I was like, oh, I think this baby's coming out. So it was kind of just a whim of, oh, I think, I think this changed just a little bit. So we'll try to see if a push happens. And I was able to push on my own and do it kind of at my own pace and... I wasn't guided or anything, and it was good. So you mentioned your midwife coming into the room because of your voice sounding different. And by now, like when it was time for you to push, the midwife stayed with you? Yeah, so my husband was kind of holding me, and then my doula was in the background kind of taking pictures, taking videos, and then both midwives were kind of in the background around the pool. They weren't ever super present, but they were definitely keeping an eye on me. <laughs> and when did your water break? Did it break in the pool or had it broken earlier? It, it broke in the pool. And it, it was funny. Um, my midwife yelled, ooh, something just happened. And I said, ooh, something did happen. <laughs> did you get that popping sensation? I did. It was It was very, very weird. <laughs> I thought the baby might be coming or something, but it was it was definitely my water. There was a huge gush, and we could all see it. I'm like, oh, okay. That's could how you that see? Is. Could you see the flakes of vernix yeah. on the top of the pool? Yeah, <laughs> and that made it so much more real. I'm I'm like, oh my goodness, there's an actual baby coming, <laughs> finally. <laughs> so you started to push. Yeah. And you did it on your on your own without guidance you just listened inwardly I did I did and I was I mean to be fair I was very vocal during the whole thing um I definitely had like grunts and things that's how I was getting my baby out I was basically roaring him out um so did you feel more free to do that 
at home than in the hospital? Yeah, 100%. And actually, <laughs> after the fact, I noticed that the door was open. I was I got out of the pool after I was done giving birth and sat in the chair and I, I looked and my front door was open and it was 11 o'clock at night. And I'm like, oh dear, do you think the neighbors heard me? Do you think they think I'm okay? <laughs> And my my husband thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> so tell me more about uh, you pushing. You're sitting in the pool. You're getting the the urge to push, yeah. and the midwives are there around you, and your husband is there, and you just you listen inwardly and just go with the flow. Or what is happening here? Yeah. So I remember there was music playing in the background, and that was pretty. That was something that I was keeping my mind on. I had a focal point. And he, I, I felt the baby coming. I felt the urge to push and I started to push. And then it kind of just happened really quickly. My husband was the closest person next to me. I remember him leaning down, trying to help me. I was, I was definitely holding my own perineum and trying to support myself. And he, he instantly wanted to help. He wanted to you know, be a really good support to me. So he's has his hands down there, like ready to help me in any way possible. And turns out there was a baby head to catch. And so the baby's head came out and I have it all on video. So I have a pretty clear picture of what happened. The midwife looked at him and said, do you want to catch the baby? And he said, yeah, <laughs> he looked terrified, <laughs> but he, he whispered yes. And then Um, she just reached down, checked um, Maddox, my son's uh, neck, to see if there was any cord. And she said, no cord, you're good. You catch your baby. And I pushed, I pushed again. And he was born into Maddox or into Jordan's hands. And it was, it was magical. You know, we held him under the water there for a second while I kind of regrouped. <laughs> and then we pulled him up and Jordan helped me to get him onto my chest. And it was really special. It's something that we could never do again. And um, just so special to have him be the first person touching the thing that we created together out of love. Oh, what an intimate moment. It, it is. Yeah. It was. And such a bonding moment for the three of us as you know his new parents mm. were it was the first bit of love that we got to just cover him in so for how long did you stay in the pool um after him being born not too long um i, I didn't hang out in there very long um it delivered the placenta in the pool, but it came very quickly afterwards. As soon as I delivered the placenta, we basically got out. I was I was kind of chilly and <laughs> I was just shaking post-birth. But the midwives helped me up um, and my doula and Jordan held the baby and we walked into my bedroom and we laid down as a family and kind of just ate some snacks <laughs> and went to bed shortly after. You look so happy when you talk about it. Yeah. It's just a big smile. <laughs> it, it was such an incredible experience, and it was so vastly different from my first. And it, our, my first birth was a little bit traumatic, just very long and grueling. And this birth was so intimate and so right. It just felt exactly how everything should have been. So were you high on birth afterwards? A thousand percent. 
<laughs> after after I gave birth, I the next day I was like, I'm going to be a doula. I'm going to be a doula and I'm going to study while I'm postpartum. <laughs> and that's exactly what I did. I ended up becoming a doula shortly after. Um, he was born in September and I was certified by December. <laughs> um, so as I'm, you know, breastfeeding my baby nonstop, I'm doing my doula certification on my computer next to him. And it really ignited my passion for for birth even more than it already had been ignited from my first birth. And why do you think that is? I think it was the connection with everyone involved. I was really deeply connected with my midwife. Um, for my hospital birth, I, I was connected with my midwife, but it was it was different. You know, we had 10 minutes in the office every week, and that was it. Where my home birth midwife spent an hour to 90 minutes with me at every single appointment. She knew exactly what I was eating, how I was feeling, how exercise was affecting me. She really knew me on a deeper level. Um, and so I felt I felt really protected and really safe with my birth team. And I think that that really changed my experience. I think you gave word to what I love to call the superpower that we have inside of us that you can tap into if you dare to listen to your own voice. Did you know that you had that superpower prior to this experience? I did not. And even to this day, I, I look at my husband and I say, I cannot believe I gave birth at home. <laughs> so has this experience changed the way you look upon yourself and your abilities? Definitely, definitely. Um, I, didn't, I didn't view myself as like as capable of a mother until then. I didn't. I didn't know that I had all this power. I didn't know that I could give birth and have it be almost pain-free. I didn't know that, you know, my body could just open up in just the right way. And it was insane. It was absolutely incredible. And no, I didn't know that about myself before. Um, when I had my first, I was fairly young. Um, I, I think I was 22 when I gave birth to her. And so... I, I hadn't really figured myself out yet then. And, you know, doing the soul searching before I had Maddox and to prepare for that type of birth where I knew that I couldn't have any sort of pain relief. And, you know, if I did, I would have to ride in the, in the car for a really long time <laughs> to get there. Um, it, really, it really forced me to look at myself and I don't know who I was going to be. And I feel like it really shaped me. What was the single one thing that helped you the most to cope with contractions? If you can choose one thing. I would say movement. Movement, 100%. I, even, even when I was in the pool, I was moving consistently. I was trying to find the way that my body felt the best. And dancing really helped with that. But I was always consistently moving during my entire labor. That really helped. If there would be one advice you would like to pass forward to other women preparing for birth, what would that be? I would say listen to your intuition. A lot of the times, intuition is easily ignored. Um, we live in a really busy world and, you know, it's hard to slow down and listen to what your heart really wants. And I feel like I did that with, with my birth. And even if I would have had a hospital birth, I think I really would have done it a lot differently than my first because I was well connected with myself 
in with my baby. Um, so I think, I think that's pretty important, listening to your intuition and listening to what your heart actually wants. And if there would be one myth about childbirth that you would like to kill in this podcast, what would that be? That it doesn't have to be a f- totally painful experience that you dread. It can truly be joyful. It, it's crazy to me to think about now, but after I gave birth, I said I would do this a million times over again to feel the empowerment that I felt afterwards. I felt a little bit of pain, but I was so happy during the whole labor. My my doula made me feel happy. I was dancing. I was joyful. Everyone was happy to be there. No negativity. It was it was really just a joyful time. And it's easy to look at birth as something that's kind of damning and, you know, just really painful, really hard. And yeah, there were point, points of my labor that were really hard, but at the end of the day, it doesn't have to be like that. And if you're well supported and well educated and you're in the environment that you need to be, it can be really a great experience. Did you ever feel connected to other women during birth? With my first birth, I didn't at all. It felt very much like a condition that was happening to me and not something that I was actively taking a part of. But with my second birth, I felt so connected to a greater purpose, to a greater kind of mother earth. I know it sounds a little crunchy, hippie, whatever. Um, And I'm not normally that way, but there was something deep inside of me that was like, I'm giving birth with all the mothers before me. And, you know, there's other people on this earth right now giving birth with me and we're roaring our babies out. And it really felt a lot more connected, I think, because I wasn't medicated. I was fully in my body. I felt every sensation. And yeah, I did I did feel a little bit connected to other people and it was cool. Interesting. I've never felt that way any other time. Thank you so much for sharing your story. Thank you for having me. This has been incredible. <laughs> Thank you, dear Mariah, for sharing your story so filled with pure joy and dance. And as a midwife, I sincerely hope that your neighbors heard you bring a new human being into this world, the roar of birth. The reason to why Mariah's midwives didn't give her a vaginal exam, very far from standard hospital routines, is that there are other signs to check that birth is progressing than vaginal exams. Feeling how the baby's head is descending from examining the belly, feeling the baby's head from the outside is one way. Listening to the woman's breath and voice, other ways. Watching how she moves, if she has goosebumps on her thighs, if her pupils are widely dilated due to the massive amounts of adrenaline during or right after transition are other signs of labor and birth progressing. And the more you have the opportunity to just sit and watch women during labor and birth, the more knowledge you acquire about the process. It is beautiful. The important postpartum period is unfortunately not covered in this podcast. From my vast experience as a midwife, this period requires as much preparation as birth itself. Really put down time and do your reading about what we call the fourth trimester. If you do that, chances are that you're so much better prepared for the challenges ahead. 
This is a time in life when many women feel very lonely and quite a few suffers from postpartum depression, something that we have such a hard time to talk about. And I think this partly is our fear of being pointed out as less good mothers that plays a big role in this. I know this from my own personal experience, that it's so hard to say that you're not happy and thriving under this period, because the expectation you have from yourself and others are that this should be just the happiest time in your life, but that's not always the case. To make a plan for how you can get support during the first weeks as a new mom is a really good tip. And please, do speak up about not feeling happy if that is your case. There is really, really great help out there. And you will also find yourself not being alone in this. Not at all. If you want to read more about me and this mission of mine to let positive stories about birth come to life, go to the thepositivebirthstorypodcast.com. To be sure that you don't miss an episode, do subscribe. And if you happen to live in airy Pennsylvania with surroundings, make sure to check out the nwpadoulas.com for more information about their services. And they also offer fantastic postpartum doula support. Thank you from the bottom of my uterus for listening and bye for now. Mm-hmm.